And you're welcome to Racing Only Better, ahead of a marathon national hunt weekend, Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Races to bring you from Cheltenham, from Lingfield, Fontwell and Punchestown, all in the company of Mr. Kevin Blake. How are you, Kev? Hello, Hugh. I'm excellent. And not only can our listeners listen to us now, they can apparently see us as well. Um, but, you know, you can't have everything in this world. And unfortunately, you get to see Hugh Cattle a little bit more than you normally would. What can we do? Yeah. What I'd like our listeners to do is to rate my moustache from one to ten. <laughs> one being absolutely pathetic and ten being Tom Selleck in his heyday. So rate my moustache. <laughs> Uh, and let Tony Calvin know what you think so Tony can have enough fodder for Wade in a Monday. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on a second here. Hang on a second here. Did you say one to ten? <laughs> one to ten. Yeah. Where's the zero? Where's the zero? Where's the zero? <laughs> you, you're not allowed to go minus. No minus figures as well. In fact, Dan, Dan, when's the last time you shaved? You probably have a better moustache in about 24 hours than I've had in about three weeks. <laughs> about about three days ago. I don't like doing it either. I, I, to be fair, I didn't know you were moonlighting as a Ron Jeremy tribute act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, big, old Ron, big old Ron gets a mention. <laughs> yeah. Actually, da- Dan does his back twice a day, let alone, <laughs> let, let alone his chin. <laughs> right, let's kick on, gentlemen. We've got a lot of racing to talk about. It's not a particularly promising betting weekend. Maybe that's an issue we can discuss and wait in on Monday morning. But let's get on as best we can and try and give our listeners a steer. I'm feeling this is going to be a quick one. The 140 at Cheltenham is the... Uh, FH or FTHM podcast, Arkle Novices Chase. It's uh, two miles, and Kevin Blake, third time lucky, is two to five. He's going to win. I can't make a case for any of the others, or can you? Um, not really, Hugh. Look, he, he was impressive on, on chasing debut, in fairness. Like, he's a horse that he's, got, he's going to be better at better races than this because, you know, it was the same case over hurdles. They don't tend to go fast enough for him. Very pacey horse, quite free going. Um, look, his jumping was, was low, it was quick, a little bit out to the right in places, but nothing really problematic, I don't think. He'll probably go and win this, you know, probably end up putting his way to the front at halfway, jumping his way to the front, and hopefully win with a bit of promise, because uh, as we said last week, it would be nice if there are, you know, one or two half-decent British-trained novice chasers knocking around come March, so um, hopefully he'll be one of them. Yeah, absolutely. TC, nothing to add, I presume? No, uh, obviously the Fabs 2-5, um, you know, from a pace perspective, it could set up very well for her time. Lucky, couldn't it? Captain Con- uh, Tom Kent will probably go forward, and you know, if, if betting two to five approaches your bag, then then they get stuck in. But obviously, not for me. Stuck in, baby. Right, let's move on <laughs> to the yeah, two fifteen, the Paddy Parrot Gold Cup. Dan, I'm going to let you kick us off in this one because you were really. Um, uh, waxing lyrical about the strength of the field here and in terms of the handicap covering. So it's two and a half mile. It's a handicap chase for anyone who, who's not uh, fully up to date. Uh, Protectorate is your five to one favourite for the Skeletons. You've got Al Dancer in there six to one. Bit of support for him. Uh, eights into sixes. You've got Lawler in there for Paul Nichols at six to one. Midnight Shadow Nines. Caribbean Boy ten to one. Zanza, Simply the Bets and so on. It's a cracking field. It's a cracking race, Dan. Who have you come down on? I think I'm like a few of us. I'm an ardent note taker, so I'll get a race card, make notes. And I always got you have little symbols, don't you? Little quirks. And frankly, if you don't fancy something, I just put a cross through it. And no exaggeration, I put a cross through ten, and I still had ten that were wow. that I thought were interesting. I mean, just run through them. Simply the bets looks an interesting trainer change, and he's a classy operator. We know he's a Cheltenham winner. Protect at one of the best mid range novices of last season. Those horses have a good record in the race. Al Dancer. Presumably laid out for a stable. We've got the horse. He's very well forward, and he's been given a massive. He's been given a chance by the handicapper. First out for New Yard. Layla with this positive trainer change. Caribbean boy mustard first time out. Midnight shadow shape really well. It is just. It's red hot. It's red hot. Earlier in the week, when I saw prices, I was on Monday. 
I was minded to think Aldanza was the bet at 10 and 12s each way, but no sooner as I thought that, his price had, had halved. So he was the mover. And I'm sort of left in a position, sportsbook are playing five places, aren't they? Mm. I'm left in a position where I'm thinking, well, it's that competitive, but a lot of the interesting ones I don't necessarily think are each way types. The likes of Laylor and Simply the Bets, I don't think there's got to be much in between with them. They'll either be really well handicapped and win or blow out. So if there's one at a price, and I don't think there'll be money for him, I think he'll probably keep drifting I'm going to suggest Spirit of the Games might be a, a bet now with the five places going. Second in the race last year. So much form around here in these races. We know he doesn't find under pressure. He tends to get into battles and throw it away. And in fact, it was remarkable how he didn't win this race last year or the year before. He basically put the brakes on after coming through to win it. He's £4 lower this time around. He's had a nice tune-up over hurdles. Mm. And again, I'm, I'm thinking purely for the five places angle. That's it. I'm not saying he's a very likely winner. But rather than sifting between very interesting win-only propositions, I think I'd have a little bit on him each way and hope he gets in the five. Okay, that's sound logic. 16 to 1 spirit of the games, as you said. Uh, nice little tune-up um, at Newbury a few days ago, so he will be fit. Tony Calvin, um, plenty that make appeal, as Dan has outlined here. Mm. So it's a difficult puzzle to solve. Where is your money going? Um, the first three in the, in the betting are obviously... Uh, very solid, but you know, Protectorat, Layla, El Dancer, their their claims are, you know, if not outstanding, they are very, very obvious. But you've got a 20 runner race and they're they're five to one, six to one, six to one. And you know, I think they just take out too much of the market given the depth of the race. Now, I can see where Dan's coming from with Spirit of the Games. He was one of the three on my final shortlist, along with uh Nisha and Aso. I know Dan's probably gonna fall off his stool and laugh at me here. But I I I put up Never. ASO at um at it was a long way down from it was it was 80 on the ex- <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it was um it was 80 on the exchange uh first thing on Friday morning and I think anything north of 50 on 60 on the exchange is it is worth a nibble on ASO now he's 11 year old um you know not that long until Dan makes a smoking him joke about him. Yeah, um, <laughs> looks like one. I, I, obviously he hasn't got the he hasn't got the normal profile of a uh, of a winner of this kind of race, given his age and given these you know miles on the clock. But what he has got, he's got a very decent handicap mark again. Now uh, they've been mucking around with him over three miles, running in the Gold Cup and the Betway Bowl over three mile plus, and clearly two mile four, decent ground uh, around Cheltenham. Uh, is very much his bag. So even though he hasn't got the normal profile of a winner of this race, I think he's well handicapped. I think he's got his conditions. Um, you know, he's got loads. He's got so much Cheltenham for him to shake a stick at. I mean, a lot of it has been on the new course, admittedly, but he's finished fourth in a bet victor, and I'm not particularly worried about the new versus the old course for him. Um, and I think the key to him is the trip and the ground. I mean, we should mention the ground. Um there's no rain forecast and it's already good there. And if they don't water on Friday night or Saturday night, it's going to be pretty, pretty quick on at the weekend. And I think, um, like I say, I, I think I've got AJ down as a, as a good ground horse. So off a mark of 153, that's two pound lower than just touched up at Warwick back in February. So you don't have to go back too far to, to get him a winning, uh, you know, a winning performance out of him. You know, like I said, the Cheltenham Four, second in the Ryanair, etc. Two years ago, ASO at fifty-one plus on the exchange win only is the way I'm playing this um, devilishly difficult race. I can, you, like Dan said, you can make a very solid case for any of the top eight in the market, but their price pretty much reflects that. So I'll take a flyer on ASO. 
Okay, Aso, uh, win only on the exchange for TC at a crazy old price. Kev, last word to you on this one. Have you a strong view betting-wise, or again, like the lads, are you finding it difficult? Oh, I think the lads have covered it really well. Like, I just reiterate what was said a few weeks ago about, about Lawler, Layler, um, whatever you want to call him. Like, Paul Nichols has been very bullish about this lad. Yeah. And you can see the case. Look, he has a different type of profile. You generally want to be with the young up-and-comer in this race. He's one. Of, he's an older one that's come down a little bit, and you're hoping he is rejuvenated by the stable switch. But, you know, you think back to his chasing debut at this meeting three years ago. You know, he absolutely smashed up Dynamite Dollars. His couple of big runs... Um, in handicaps at this track, you know, a couple of years ago, again, you can see the case. He's, he's had a hub day, he's had a soft palicotterization, and he's seemingly been absolutely flying. He's been trained for it. And um, look, while you're not getting any any jackpots with the price, I do think he's very interesting in, in a race where I don't have a very strong view. He'll be my main focus point. Excellent. I, I, I was leaning towards him myself as well. Okay, so um, strong cases for um, a good few horses there, lads. It should be a cracker as well. So best of luck, everyone, if you're having uh, a punt. The 250 on the card is the Paddy Pair Games Handicap Hurdle. It's over three miles. And Proschema is your 5-2 favourite after finishing second time last time out for the Skelton. You've got Dragon Bones, 15-4. to four. Bally Millsy at 5-1. to one. Kansas City Chief at sevens and it's 17-2 uh, to two or 9-1 to one bar. Um, TC, you can kick us off here. Um, yeah, Proschema 5-2, to two, which will attract a bit of support. Bit of money for uh, Dragon Bones as well, Ian Williams' horse. But who have you come down on, please? Um... I like the favourite here. Um, yeah, very start. unlikely. I've, I've, I'm putting him up and it's probably the shortest price horse I put up this year, actually. Um, I, I, I looked at the race and I thought it was a I thought it was a pretty weak race, to be honest with you. And Prashima, um, yeah, I think he absolutely stood out. I mean, when we did uh, wade in after the Charlie Hill meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, I actually pinpointed this horse as a horse to look out for in two-mile four handicap hurdles. Because I don't think he... he I don't think he massively got home in the uh, 365 hurdle um, against Indefatigable, but clearly he stayed there, staying relative as we know. And I went back and had a look at that race. And I'd stand by the fact I'd rather him running over a, a strongly run two mile four, two mile five round here than three miles. But I think this is a weak race. Clearly stayed at Weatherby. I think the handicapper could have hit him a lot harder than three pound he'd be given there. Uh, the way he travelled through that race, um, I, I can see them holding on to it, producing over the last. And I think, yeah, I think he'll outclass these. But obviously, I buy everything for me is around the price. And I, I looked at this race, and he was three point nine on the exchange. He's still around about eleven to four, mate. And I don't think that's going to shift that much. I looked at it and thought, would I be willing to lay that horse at uh, five to two, eleven to four in a race like this? And I went, no. Um, so, okay. Uh, so. Spin it around. I'm willing to back him at a left to full plus on the exchange. So Prasima, a rare, rare favourite punt for me, and a pretty confident one because, like I said, I can't see, I can't see that many dangers. There you go. The shortest price that TC will back all year, and the biggest price if I decide to follow him in. Kev. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have a very strong view in this. You, Prasima was the one that was catching the eye. Look improved. For the step up to two and a half, you know, totally unexposed at three miles, really. And like the handicapper could have maybe reacted a bit more harshly than he did for that run last time. So if you put a gun to my head, it'd be Prashima, but it's not a strong view. Okay, Danny, gonna make it a hat trick here. Or are you going to bend the trend? <laughs> I'm gonna bend that trend. Only I think Tony's right. You talk about the class in this race. The the top two are giving at least six pounds away to this six and seven. Mm. I just think there's significantly better horses than the rest. 
But whilst I maintain, like, I mean, it might be if the ground quickens up, the Prashima actually just does them for speed over this trip. It could come to that. Yeah. But another horse who I think has got a lot of pace is the top horse sporting John. Now I know you. There's always a slight concern that there might be bigger targets later in the season, but I think he's really interesting back hurdling off one four six. It's not that long ago. I mean, to be fair, his chasing career was was a lot of down and not much up because. He blundered his chance away badly at Cheltenham. He then ran at Aintree when I, I, I think his confidence had probably just gone, given the bad mistake he'd made at the festival. Prior to that, he did win a Silly Isles and he beat Shamblu, who we obviously saw would have scooted up in the in the Charlie Hall. The third horse, Paint the Dreams, who runs in the in the Paddy Power, he's improved 10 or 15 pounds since and won handicaps. Sporting John goes back hurdling off 146. He goes back hurdling at a time when the stable are in significantly better form than they were throughout the entirety of last season. We know he's got a good record fresh. First time out in his whole career, he won an obvious hurdle at Exeter in good fashion. He's had a breathing operation. This is an animal who went off second favourite for Envoy Allen's Ballymore hurdle. That's what, He finished his stress and finished down the field, but I thought he'd looked a really good novice prior to that. I remember him destroying Master Debonair, who arrived on a hat-trick at Ascot one day. And I think Sandown last season categorically proves that still an exposed horse. He's still got all his ability that he showed as a novice hurdler. And I think there are angles to think that he will be back on it with the stable going so much better. He's had the wind up. Mm. Again, he's not short of speed. He's probably not a, a sluggard at three miles, but th- three miles under these conditions should be enough of a speed test. He Maybe he's not, a, maybe he's not an each-way play, but as a rule, looking at him as a horse, he's blowout potential. But when you're getting five to two for that place effectively, because I think he's tens with the sports book, I've got to suggest he is an each way bet because I, I agree with Tony. I think this is really weak. One of the main, before, one of them. So, so. Sorry, mate. Before we move on, um, Prashima up three pounds for that Weatherby run. Would, would time for him have given it more? You could have. It's one of those it could have done, but we're in the same boat as the handicap. We've got to take a view whether we think it's not so much really believable what sort of rating you want to give to a horse that's had a few tries in handicaps, not necessarily been dead prolific in them, and then runs a career best. And bear in mind, there were a couple of disappointments, weren't they? Paisley Park was quite flat and laboured, and they're going for the pieces next time. One of the one of the market leaders is stepping up a mile in trip, Valentino Dancer. Now, I know... Fergal O'Brien did it with Goodbye Dancer a few a couple of years ago, didn't he? He reinvented him as a staying hurdler. So maybe it will work. But if, if he's that prominent in the betting with such a stamina query, I'm with Tony. I think it's weak. I had it between the two and I'm going to go with Sporting John. Okay, Sporting John. It is uh, at 10 to 1, as I said, each way, which you get your two and a half to one uh, on the sports book. Right, lads. The uh, last of the card at Cheltenham for Saturday before we move on to a couple of flat uh, races at Lingfield is the 325, the Paddy Power International Handicap Hurdles, two miles, five uh, unexpected party is your eleven to four favourite. You've got Mackle Duff at sixteen to five, Benson seven to one, a uh, Gowell Road or Gowell Road at nine to one, and it's uh, ten to one bar. And um, right, Dan, because you're going to be um, sitting at the next two at Linkfield, you can kick us off here. Unexpected party eleven to four for the Skeletons after uh, a win at uh, was it Weatherby last time out? Mm. I think. Um, uh, who do you like in this piece? Yeah, obviously he's a progressive horse and they definitely knew they had a well handicapped animal on their hands because he was absolutely smashed in the bets and he went off eleven to eight. But the runner-up had been he'd been running to railway muke at the time before motion in Lamini's called. He's he's just a horse, pretty much. I know he's not long with the stable. So he's up eleven in a stronger grade of handicap. I had a lot of doubts about a few of these. Pyramid Place is quite solid. That stable is having an entirely ridiculous run of form, Milton Harris. And he ran really well in his reappearance. But 
I'm half struggling to get away from, from Gower Road on the basis that I just think he's crying out for this trip. And I think he has been crying out for it for a while. He's, he progressed last season, I think, despite sticking around two miles for most of it. First time back, he ran in the Silver Trophy. It was We called the ground good to firm at time for him. And I think even at that trip, things happened a bit too quickly for him. It was a real emphasis on speed that day. So I thought he was interesting. First time over this sort of trip. And traditionally, it's a, it's a meeting that this stable, a stable that have been absolutely resurgent themselves, there's been a few of those mentioned already, for Twister, I thought he was very interesting second time out. Bit of money as well, 11s into 9s at the price I'm looking at. Kev, um, who's your selection here? Um, I'd give a small mention to Capilano Bridge and Conor O'Dwyer coming over from Ireland. Um, the British handicapper has taken a very big view on him. He's given him an £8 higher mark than he has in Ireland, which is pretty spicy. Um, would be the biggest differential we'll see all weekend, I believe. Um, between the, the two sets of marks. Um, but I think coming back to this trip will suit him. I think he's got good solid form and handicaps over this side of the water in competitive company. And he's ridden by a guy called Shane Fitzgerald. If you don't know him, he, he's a lad worth following. Um, he's got an interesting profile. He he rode as an amateur, mostly in point-to-points um, for, for quite a few years. I think he's about 24 um, and he's he's been since he turned pro this year he's been going really well like he's not a typical um, claimer that you see over jumps you know he didn't ride any winners on the flat etc and he's down to five pounds now but he's still very very good value for that and um, it's interesting that Connor has booked him for this ride the fact the fact that Connor's bringing him over and the horse that is for his seasonal reappearance would suggest that he has him ready to rock and roll and he, he's a bit interesting for all of that. That handicap mark is, is pretty violent by all accounts. Violent, but yeah, it will be negated somewhat by the five pounds taken off uh, from Shane Fitzgerald, as you say. What about you, Tony Calvin? Um, nice old handicap for you to get stuck into. Have you spotted a bit of value here somewhere? Uh, yeah. I, the first thing I do when I look at any handicap or any, any race, really, is I do a pace map. And I can only see one pretty much guaranteed front runner here and small bad Bob. So... I looked, I looked deeper into him uh, and I, I just think he could get a solo on the front and it's, he's very interesting at around about 25 to 1 plus on the exchange and about 22 on the sportsbook, I think. Mm. Uh, so I've chucked a few quid at him. Saying he's pretty much a guaranteed front runner, Mitchell Bastian um, declined to make the running last time after the horse had made all his previous two starts and he just never really got into a rhythm. He never really got into it, but he was he travelled pretty kindly throughout uh, at Cheltenham over two mile one here last month. and. And it's, I think he just, having looked at the video, just got outpaced. And even though this is the, the longest trip he's, he's he's raced over, yeah, he's won over an extended two mile two, albeit in a small field at one to five. Um, I, I think he's well worth a, a chance at this trip. If Tom O'Brien, who rode him on his penultimate start to win at Fontwell, uh, where he finished the race off in quite well in bad ground. Uh, I think if Tom gets to the front here and, and you know, can dictate his own pace, I mean, it's not out of the realms of possibility he could... Uh, he can well, have a fair go at Nick in this race. So, uh, small bad Bob, uh, a big price. The, the, all his best form has come on soft ground, but mm. and they may pull him out if the ground's too quick. But a plus side about it being good ground is that obviously he puts less emphasis on stamina. So, which which does concern me, which is why I'm playing win only. But small bad Bob for me, around about twenty to one plus, uh, it could be worth uh, could be worth a bet on the pace angle alone. Excellent. Okay, that's Sheldon on Saturday uh, wrapped up, gents. Let's move on to Linkfield. Two flat races to talk about. The first is over six furlongs. It's the Bedway Golden Rose Stakes listed race here. It's five past three on the card. Good effort um, for um, Ismail Muhammad is your 10 to three favourite at the time of recording. 
Harry's Bar four to one, Exalted Angel eleven to two. You've got Misty Gray six to one, Judicial eight to one. Looks a big enough price. Kev, you can start us here. Um, the flat in November, right up your alley here. I'm going to go sleep for ten minutes. Uh, tell us what you think. The test card up. Put that test card up with the doll. Don't ask you to get the doll out. He left to inflate it first. On <laughs> <laughs> about a breath after that three-hour gym session this morning. I can't Um I like each chase. I like exalted, exalted angel. You exalted angel. Exalted angel um, has done most of his winning on the all weather. But look, six furlongs around Linkfield. I think it is always a little bit specialist. And uh, this lad's had two goals out of that, and he's run stormers. He, like he won a listed race there back in February, and he ran in a condition, a very good conditions race there um, in April, and was just touched off by Summergand, who we know is a very, very good horse in his day. Mm-hmm. They were well cleared a third that day, and I just think that level is what will be needed here. And um, his his couple of runs since on the turf, you know, wouldn't have set you alight. They weren't nearly as high a level, but he seems to be better on an artificial surface. This course and distance seems to suit him particularly well. Uh, he's drawn in the right part of the track. I think he's, he's going to look. He's going to look to get handy. I'd imagine slot him behind the leaders. And um, look, I'm sure Carl will have him ready to rumble off a break. His record run fresh is is very good. Um, and yeah, I thought he was very very solid and a very fair price at kind of around five to one, eleven to two. Well, that's a strong shout for Kev. Exalted Angel, uh, eleven to two at the time of recording. Um, so best of luck with that. Right, TC as well. Have you have you a strong view on this one? That's a pretty good shout from Kev there. Yeah, not a, not a betting view. Obviously, the okay. big new, the big news line here is the last line having his first start since winning the two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, two thousand and sixteen <laughs> Middle Park. Just, oh, just, oh yeah, of course. Just uh, just over a five year absence for for that Group One wow. winner. So um, presumably, Stud didn't go to plan or anything else uh, at that point but yeah I mean we've got the last two winners in the race good effort and judicial uh, both have got wide draws which is probably not ideal for good effort who's the 130 favourite but yeah I mean the draw would put me off and the fact that good effort actually went to Belmont last month and underperformed would probably put me off him at the price judicial's pretty solid at 8-1 each way um, but again, carries a penalty, got the wide draw, but there's plenty of pace in here and judicial could could filter through late on. But if I was going to play, maybe judicial for the eight, but yeah, I think uh, we're so much racing this weekend. You don't have to bet in every single race and I won't be betting in this, to be honest. You certainly do not. Um, right, okay. The second and last of Lingfield we're talking about is the 340s, the Betway Churchill Stakes, the listed race again. A mile and a quarter here. Pile drivers are 11 to eight favourites, so short enough um, for William Muir and Chris Grassick. 16 to five, Felix for Marco Botti. You have Dubai Warrior eight to one, Fox Tal eight to one, uh, Harovian at uh, eight to one, and it's a twelve to one bar TC short mm. price favourite. Is he the most likely winner? Yeah, but he's he's got this all he's got all the hallmarks of a horse that's underpriced at the uh, on on Friday afternoon, mm. but he could well drift to a, a backable price on Saturday. We, we've seen it all we've seen it all the time. These uh, these. Favorites bookmakers and layers fall over themselves to take them on, and I, I think this pile driver is probably going to go off at five to two, and he may well win. But there are a lot of negatives about him. He got the seven pound penalty for the Coronation Cup win that didn't really work out. Mm. Uh, obviously, he's, he's been hated and he's plenty of problems since. Um, this is his, you know, his, his first run at Lingfield. Um, I was going to say he's got Martin Dwyer on him as well, but that would be that would be nasty of me, so I won't say that. Um, <laughs> I know he's, he's got he's got a lot. He's got, clearly he's the class horse of the race, but he's giving seven pound away to the field, 
And, um, you know, if the likes of Dubai Honor come back to the form he showed with winning this race last year, then, you know, he, Dubai Honor is arguably the form horse, but obviously uh, Oli didn't uh, pull up any trees on his first start for David Loughnay. So a really tricky race. I thought it was a pretty nasty affair, but I can see pole driver drifting to a price where it may well tempt people in for all the doubts. But what's the price? What's the price he'd need to drift for you to be tempted to back him? Uh, if there was a late jockey change, I'd back him at five to two. But <laughs> if not at fives, I'm only joking, Martin. Don't pick, it's okay, don't pick, Martin. Don't We're pick up the phone. Don't pick We're up the phone. <laughs> don't have your agent call us and give out to us. We're only having a laugh. <laughs> but if you if you decide to get off the horse, let us know. We'll pile in. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I just think this will be really interesting for Pile Driver. He, he's yeah. been a, he's been a fascinating kind of character study through his career, and I've always thought that ten furlongs would suit him well. Um, they ran him in the Champion Stakes last year, but I think it was probably he didn't seem to be himself that day. Maybe after a, a hard race in the same ledger not long before. So I look, I think this race was set up well for him. Look, we know what he is. Look, he's a free goer. He, he's quirky. He can kind of duck and hang both ways. But I think from stall of three. And Martin should hopefully be able to get a nice tuck in behind the leaders um, and be able to hold on to him until late. Um, and I, look, I think the overall in the, the overall plan here is this is a prep race for Hong Kong. Um, they're going to bring him out there after this. So will he be cherry ripe? Maybe not. Will he need to be? Maybe not. But I'm just fascinated to see how he copes with it. Um, like he, he'd won the spin on the all-weather before, much earlier in his career, and he, and he ran very well in a race that worked out well. Um, so I'm just fascinated to see how Pile Driver gets on, and, and I hope they persevere at ten furlongs because I think that could be his trip. Right. Okay. Beautiful. Um, good stuff, guys. We'll move to Cheltenham on Sunday. Then the 145 is the first in the car we're going to talk about. Cheltenham, Fontwell, and Pontchartrain on Sunday to talk about uh, the Juice and Handicap Chase. Three miles, three and a half furlongs to be absolutely precise about it. Of a handicap chase here. Empire Demold is your nine to four. Favorite. You've got Yala Enki, who appeals to me at 11 to 4. Go another one for 7 to 2. Rocky's Treasure, 5 to 1. The Mighty Don, 6s, and Forza Milan at 14 to 1. Uh, let's bring Dan back in here. Um, I, I think Yala Enki had the price for me at 11 to 4, Dan, but um, I'm not 100% sure. What, what's your view? Hey, I'd be it would be fearful of him if he gets into one of those Bryony Frost rhythms that we see mm. so regularly. I mean, she's just tremendous at getting horses jumping, isn't she? And she gets on very well with this horse who does have his sights lowered and the handicap markers edged down. There is a chance he dominates, but I'm going to give a probably the first time I've ever chanced him over fences, and that's the mighty Don. Um, he doesn't do a great deal right, to be honest. I'll start with the negatives. He's, he jumps a bit like a pool table. He, he takes a fair bit of pushing and shoving. But one thing he does do, he stays on relentlessly. He's got bundles and bundles of stamina. He's got loads of Cheltenham form going back to his hurdles days. And he wasn't beaten a million miles ultimately last year in the National Hunt Chase when they ran him at the Cheltenham Festival. Mm. He's had one run this season. He's just the sort of horse that isn't going to go well fresh because he's quite lazy. He's dropped four pounds for that. Niall Houlihan takes the ride for the first time. Good value, five pound claimer. He's effectively running off one, three, two. And I think this is the perfect set of circumstances. Put simply, if he doesn't do it in this scenario, he may never do it over fences. We've got a small field. Yes, the big fences, but which is obviously off-putting given his jumping technique, but they're not going to be going a million miles an hour. He's got plenty of time to get organised and hopefully he's in touch on the home turn because if he is, I'm pretty certain he's the strongest finisher of these. Empire de Mall's been progressive, but he's been doing it in Northern handicaps. I think this asks a bigger question of him. 
if he can pester Yalorenki, that would help the case quite a lot. But yeah, I've never backed him before over fences. I may never back him again, but I'm, I think this is the time to back the mighty Don. I, I think that there are plenty of things in his favour, even if he's not a very likeable animal. Lovely. Eight to one then at the time of recording. What about you, TC? Who do you like? Um, I'm quite sweet on going other one here. Um, okay. There's plenty of pace in this race and um, I think he's a he's a fairly handicapped Irish horse coming over now. He's only a pound higher when just winning narrowly at Perth uh, a couple of starts ago, but that came on good ground, so the, the going is going to be no problem whatsoever. Um, I know he probably didn't look the strongest hour when six uh, in the Kim Muir last year, but I, I like what I saw of him last uh, last uh, last month at uh, Cheltenham over a shorter trip. Didn't do anything, doesn't do anything quickly this horse. So I think the step up to three mile three will suit. Now, I think he's fairly handicapped. He's got a recent run under his belt. Um, so no problems on, on, on the fitness front. And I just thought stepping up in trip, coming off a, a, a patient ride off a fast pace, could well suit him. So yeah, go another one. It's, it's 72 with the sports, but I, he's a kind of horse that I think could well could well drift a little bit. So I think you might get maybe a point bigger on the exchange, uh, hopefully. So anyway, uh, yeah, if I get four to one plus on the exchange, I'll, I'll play and win only. Uh, go another one for me. It's I, I quite like him. Good stuff. Kev, what about you? Last word. Yeah, it's Yala Enki, isn't it? Um, he was just touched off in this race last year. Look, Paul Nichols knows the crack. He, he's going to be hard to win a race of this sort of value with a horse like this this season. So I've no doubt he'll have him revved up to the absolute max here. His record when fresh is good. I don't think it's as strong a race as last year. And everyone knows I love a top weight in a British handicap chase. And he's clear top weight here. Um, so Yala Enki for me. Lovely. Okay, good stuff, lads. We'll move on to the uh, next on the card at Cheltenham, the Shore Chase over two miles, grade two contest at 20 past two. Noob Negra and Put the Kettle On are both 13 to eight here. Politolog four to one and Rouge Viff 13 to two. Um, Kev, Put the Kettle On for me. Uh, I, I think it should be outright favourites and I'll be getting stuck into him, her. I did it again put the kettle on for me yeah I'd be getting stuck into her Kev 13 to 8 I think um, she should be favourite what about you uh, tough one look we, we know the crack with, with put the kettle on she absolutely loves Cheltenham she seems to be a fair few pounds better there than any place else um, you know, she was in at Gorham Park last month. Um, Henry took her out on account yeah. of the ground. This has been the target ever since. It was probably the target anyway if she'd if she'd run there. Um, but look, I suppose the most valuable piece of uh, of evidence we have is the champion chase last season. Put the kettle on, won it. Uh, but Nuba Negra might have won it on another day. Um, stumbled at the last. You know, ran a big big race. Um, they're meeting on the same terms here and. You know, you can see why they're very close in the betting, but just the way the race will go and the type of horse Nubanegra is, it, I, I narrowly favour put the kettle on, but just narrowly. It promises to be a good race now for all the small field. Not as bullish as me then. What about you, Tony Calvin? Nubanegra or put the kettle on? Or this is, a, this on? is another nasty little race, isn't it? They all go well when fresh. They all got they all got Cheltenham form. Uh, they're all going to handle good ground through to a certain degree, perhaps Politolo would like it um, a fair bit softer. I'm not going to have a bet in the race. I, I just thought any four possibilities. Uh, you know, Rouge Fifth could well surprise them all, really. I mean, you don't know what the pace angle is going to be here, so it could be messy from that, from a tactical perspective. Maybe put the get on and Politolo will go on. And maybe Rouge Fish will pick them, uh, pick them up. Goes very well when fresh like the rest of the field. Was very impressive. Uh, first time at, at Cheltenham last year. Switched to Paul Nichols is probably not going to do him. 
any harm. And maybe the outside of the four Rouge Vif, but uh, okay. I'm talking for no reason. No doubt. Okay, who, who, are you, who are you on, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I'm with Tony, yeah. I'm on a further that case a bit. And also, Ooh, for this will cool. probably go out Friday evening, just as a punting angle. You want to be backing him now, really, because if simply the bets goes close on the back of the same trainer change on the Saturday, I don't think there'll be much 13-2 to two floating around for Rouge Vif because he's made the same stable switch. Remember him last year in that? I know it was only a handicap, but first time out last season, he was absolutely electric at the mm. track. He he put up one of those that never translate, but one of those massive handicap efforts where he apparently runs to about mid-160s winning a handicap. We know it never translates, really. But that was first stable. That basically had a quiet time of things last season. Nichols has given him a wind up. I don't know what the first string of the two is. Presumably it's Politologue, who's excellent fresh, as we know. But just looking back to put the camera, the, thinking back to the race last year, it was, it was an absolute war of attrition. She looked like she was going to get beaten for most of the straight. And then on heavy ground, she just plodded back into it and got past on the running. I sort of feel like if she runs that race this year, she's surely going to be vulnerable under less testing conditions. And I saw two scenarios. Nubi Negra just does them all for speed because he's got the best turn of foot of the group. Or Rouge Vif is a much better horse coming back fresh for a new stable and proves himself a really good quality two miler. And at the prices, I'll side with the latter scenario, please. You're on mute, man. Sorry, I'm mute there. Um, Dan's advice is take the points now at 13. You've never, sounded so, you've never sounded so good. You. Um, <laughs> what were you saying about me? I was, I was singing a song, actually. Just, <laughs> I, just, I, tell you what, I tell you what happened. He's, he's bushy Tash hit the mute button by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll kick on to the uh, the last. Or it, no, sorry, it's the 255 at uh, Cheltenham. It's a unibet. Great one hurdle. It's a great three over two miles. And yeah, it's a... It's a right old ding-dong one here. Um, it's wide open, the field. Four to one is your favourite. No ordinary joke for Nicky Henderson. You've got West Cork for the Skeletons, 11 to two. Uh, Adagio at seven to one. Advanced Virgo, eight to one. Tritonic is back for more, 10 to one. Uh, Glory and Fortune, 12s and so on. Right, um, Tony Calvin. Mm. Wide open race. Four to one favourite here, which suggests, you know, obviously the bookies are struggling to, to make head or tail of it. Um, who do you like? And have you got something way down? I'm looking at Tudor City running here, 33 to one. Yeah. Who do you like? Uh, well, it's not no ordinary Joe. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that horse went up five to two or eleven to one. It's mm. very hard to assess. I mean, he's not badly handicapped, and he's fourth to my Drogo at, at Kemp uh, at Ascot last year. A, a very warm Grade Two, but I think you have to take him on. Uh, you know, he's this is a whole new level of uh, race that he's he's. he's taken in here against hardened handicappers. The one I like, um, and again, when we did the Charlie Hall. Uh, recap and weighed in a few weeks back. I I mentioned Marie's Rock as, as a possible for the Greatwood, mm-hmm. and um, I, I put her up on Monday. Uh, she was around about twenty five to one plus on the exchange, and I'll, I'll be going in again now. She's been declared now. Um, I, I I had a good go on her for the Mayor's Hurdle a couple of years ago, and she had to miss that um, because she picked up an injury beforehand. She wouldn't have won that race because that was the race that Constitutional won by about twelve lengths. But uh, I thought she looked really good at Taunton a couple of years ago. Last year was a complete write-off, far too free, etc. But go back and have a look at that Weatherby run. I, I think it was probably a tee-up for this race. Travelled well throughout the race, settled a little bit better. I can see a really strong run, two miles, really suiting her. And off mark of 135. Uh, on ground, I think she'd like. All the best ones come on soft ground, but... Uh, she, she showed up tall and she's got a real turn of foot uh, after the last. So 
I think DC Brown's really going to suit her. Um, so yeah, she's my number one. I think you're still some 25 to one plus uh, in the marketplace and you'll probably that'll get matched at least on the exchange as well. Uh, there's a few others I quite like. I'm still pondering over. I think Tritonics are still on a decent mark. I think giving eight pounds, uh, finishing second, first time up was a decent performance on, on his best juvenile form. I think 142 is fair. You know, there's, there's a few in here that I like, but top of the list still is Marie's Rock and hopefully um, her keenness doesn't uh, doesn't come to, to uh, harm our chances in a race that she should get a good pace to aim at and settle. And the good news for you is that she's carrying my lucky number, lucky number 11, which is my lucky number ever since the Father Ted episode where they organised the raffle. Of course, it's not unusual sometimes for the organisers of the raffle to actually go and win it. But, uh, number, 11, <laughs> number 11, Louise Rock. Uh, I've, never seen, I've never seen one episode of Father Ted. Oh, it what? Me. Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me in the slightest, actually. Um, oh, you, you probably wouldn't. <laughs> rectify that, Tony. It's funny, Jesus. so you probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. No, I've seen the odd snippet and it, it, it seems quite funny. Yeah, I might oh, go. Yeah, get, get stuck into it. Get the box set. There's there's not a million yeah. episodes. Sit down and enjoy them and you'll enjoy yeah. all of our all of our references, which Channel. appear to be going over your head for the last two years. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't understand what, I don't understand half of what you lot say. You know what Feck means. <laughs> yeah, it must be uh, Father. Actually, Father Jack would be right up your street. Thanks, three girls. I tell you, be right up your street. Right, okay. Is it a grumpy old bastard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so we move on um, to uh, your view on this one, uh, Dan. Please uh, give us your your bet, please, for um, the Great Wood Hurdle. That's, I mean, look, it's, it Tony makes a, a decent enough case there uh, at a big price. Marie's Rock sixteen to one. Who do you come down enough. on? I'm going. I'm going bigger, and I know Ooh, he probably, oi, oi, I know oi, he probably oi. wants softer ground. But you couldn't go any smaller, could you? <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't know you'd, I didn't know you'd seen it. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh, I need a drink. I need a drink. <laughs> My muscles, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Bigger with a horse who probably wants softer ground and he's been around the block. In theory, Ballyandy's got no chance. He's a 10-year-old trying to win a, a sharp two-mile handicap hurdle under these conditions. But I got the sense that even though last year he'd run really well in the Welsh Champion Hurdle first time out when he was second, he got a completely different ride this year, was held up. And I wonder if this yeah. was actually his early season aim. Last year he was second off a higher mark. He's off 146 now. He's eight lower He's fully 13 pounds better off from Foss Lass, that Welsh champion hurdle this time around with Glory and Fortune, who reopposes. And he just, I just think this might be cup final territory for him. I'm not sure how many plays we've got. I'm guessing it's just the, oh, we'll get, is it four or five on the uh, sports book? We will. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's four at the moment, but I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll go uh, nearer the time they'll go enhanced. Yeah. yeah, I could just, you know, he'll see the race out very strongly. He might get outpaced and he might just be out flat out on the home turn, not able to get back into it. But record in this race, handicap mark, fact he looked like he had a bit of a side trip for us last. I, I thought he might be out, able to Lovely. outrun massive odds. Lovely. Kev, last word to you then. Mm. Yeah, I, I can see TC's case for Marie's Rock. Um, like that run last time, I did look like a run with a view to something like this. So I could definitely see that case. She does have a kink or two. You wouldn't like how she was hanging left now. So I think that was enough just to put me off. And uh, four Irish runners here, they've got varying degrees of treatment in terms of the differentials between their Irish and their English marks. 
um, varying between three and six pounds. And Jesse Evans was at the bottom of that. Mm. Um, Noel Needs runner, three pounds higher um, than in Ireland. And I just really like his profile. You know, he's only had seven runs over hurdles, but despite that, I suppose, relative inexperience, he's been right bang in the mix in a bunch of handicaps already. Um, he ran very well at the Punchestown Festival. He won a big field race at Killarney. And um, I suppose most importantly of all, he, he was a close fourth in the Galway hurdle, would have been second in another strider too. And, uh, and if you watch that race, like he, he was slung around the outside compared to the ones that finished in front of him. Um, I thought that was a big run. And he get he's only four pounds higher here, you know, when you consider the differential as well. And um, I think Noah's been quite clever. He's given him two runs on the flat in the meantime. Like he ran to quite a high level win in a flat maiden in Navin last time. And I just wouldn't be surprised that those two runs on the flat were with a view to having him cherry ripe and preserving his mark for this race. And yeah, I, I think he's very interesting. He, he's 12 to one or so. I could see him shortening up quite a bit now. Because he looked, he looked. There was, there was a few sneaky cases to be made for all the Irish ones, but I thought he was definitely the pick of them. Great. Okay, lads. The three thirty. Then we'll keep this one short. The Sky Bet Supreme Trial uh, over two miles. Dan, <laughs> I like to move it as your evens favourite. Um, just quickly, uh, have you a strong view on this before we move on to Fontwell? Uh, I've got no interest in opposing that horse really, but equally, yeah. I've got a massive interest in backing him at a sharp price. I haven't, but I do think he's got a very big engine. This animal. I think if he gets undone, it might be a test of speed because he's one of those. He's a big unit who I think will get better as his stamina is drawn out despite his pedigree. But yeah, he's an exciting horse. Absolute unit he is. Physically, he's, he's a bit of a beast. Okay, excellent. We'll move on to Fontwell. Two to talk about before we go to punch the Three ten is the Southern National Handicap Chase. Uh, three miles, three and a half furlongs, um, Tony Calvin. So it's a bit of a slog. Stamina uh, required. Salty boy for David Bridgewater is your seven to two favourite. You've got Almazar guard at uh, five to one alongside Lebroy at five to one. Game line five to one. They can't mm. really separate uh, most of the top horses. Eclair de Guise in there at sixes as well. Who do you like, Tony? Um... I'll be looking for a bit bigger price near the off, but I thought Salty Boy was quite interesting here. There's loads of pace in the race. The, the horse has had spin rattling field, so he should be coming on for that. Third in the Ida, so he's going to stay three mile free very well. I think he's on a, I think he's on a fair mark still. Uh, the ground is potentially an issue. Like Cheltenham, it's good ground at Fontwell and hardly any rain uh, is forecast, um, so they may well water. But uh, yeah, I think Salty Boy's handicap to play to play a role over a trip that he should uh, he, he should relish and like after the recent run. But I'd probably want five to one plus about him in in a tricky little race. But Salty Boy would be my selection. I'll be looking to get with him. But like I said, I want fives plus fives plus seven to two currently. Dan, what about yourself? Yeah, he's got the pieces back on as well after yeah. that run, so that might that may enliven him. It's the fact he's still to put it together and win a race, he's, he's threatened to lots of times. I. Speaking of which, I'm going to give one last chance to a horse who I kept sticking with last year, even though the evidence was that he might have gone at the game. But a bit like a horse we discussed earlier, like Last Chance Saloon with the mighty Don. Lebroy, first time out, he's off one three five. His best runner last year probably was on his reappearance at Kelso. He was highly tried in the main afterwards. Stable going well. First time Luca Morgan's ridden in. That's a £5 claim that you might want to add on to his form chance. And... We know he's got a lot of back classes. The horse who was a winner of a national hunt chase going back in a ridiculously stamina-sapping finish. I think you'll know your fate early. He might not hold his place under these conditions, but if he can get into a rhythm for a stable that are one of those that are having a better year this time around than they did last post-COVID, I thought he might be worth chancing win only. He's off one three five in the weakest race he's running for ages. 
Lebroy five to one at the time of recording. Right, the second and last of Fontwell before we talk Punchestown is the Salmon Spray Handicap Hurdle. Two miles, one and a half furlongs to be exact about it. Natural History is your five to two favourite for Gary and Jamie Moore. You've got Kinta Damar at 11 to four. Uh, what is it? Uh, Mercy and Prince at uh, six to one. Pyramid Place six to one. Tap, tap, boom, sevens. And how much you like about the rest? Dan, kick us off here briefly, please. Yeah, I don't know. Pyramid Place or Ray's obviously at Cheltenham as well. I don't... Um... Mm. I've got I need to do a bit more digging in this race but on the face of it I've got a feeling the price on the Fav is, is pretty generous okay. and this was this was such a good flat horse going back Yeah. and he looked absolutely electric on, on quickish ground last season and he just got bogged down in the mud in his final start they'll be absolutely delighted that he's returning to Fontwell closing in on winter time and they've got good ground it's almost unheard of at that place it's normally bottomless at this time of year yeah, again, I'll do a bit more digging. I get the feeling that is that will not be five to two. I mean, particularly if the Moors think it's the certainty that it could be, that mm. that could be going off nearer five mm. to four. I mean, it's got loads wow. of class going back to his flat form mm. for the Queen when he was a hundred plus rated animal, and he did get the hanger hurt in last season, winning in good fashion. At, at, I think it was a Plumpton on a Monday one day, but not yeah. a bad race. So, yeah, that, that I, I don't think that five to two will be there. Take the price and run, Tony Calvin. That's the advice. Yeah, you can see it, can't you? As Dan said, 101 over on the flat, 120 over hurdles. I think they were going to run it in the Great Wood, but didn't get in. Uh, so he's 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 running it for four grand instead at Fontwell. But so that, I think hopefully make more than that punt in it. Hopefully, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I, I know some of the owners, and they probably will have a swing um, if if they think it's uh, cherry right there. But yeah, it was a little bit disappointing in parts. But you can see it. Uh, the one downside is this. Three of the others like to make the, the running in here. And as Dan said, if you are going to take um, natural history on, if he does shorten up, there's likely to be a non-runner here that will take it down to seven runners. So just bear that in mind. Okay. Um, I thought Tap Tap Boom was probably very interesting. Just touched off in the race last year. Been dropped two pounds in his absence. Uh, and I'll probably back him because I like the I like the sound of Jay Tidball claiming seven. Dan, <laughs> what, know anything about him? Yeah, I've seen him a few times. He's been riding right. for Bill Turner and stuff. Maybe maybe schools um, Bill Turner's zebra at home. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> is, he, is he taller than you? Do you even need to ask? <laughs> <laughs> right. Lads, we're up against the time-wise. We've punched to talk about three races of punches on the card. Kev, the Morgiana is then a cracker to me. Echoes in rain, who I think Willie has pretty much said out of the stall. She's going to go for the champion hurdle route this year, and this is as good a place to start as any. He does have Z- uh, he does have Sharjah in the race as well. Zana here is 11 to 4. Echoes in rain, 11 to 8. Sharjah, 7 to 2. And Abracadabra's 5 to 1. Durasso at 20s at the time of recording, Kev. Echoes in rain, I'm really excited about her. I do like Zana here as well. And I'm kind of torn between the two, but I think it's going to be Echoes of Rain for me. What's your view? She's a shocking price here, isn't she? Like, is she, is she like, really? Is she, yeah? Really, <laughs> really. Like, we're, we're, she can go and win, like, but Jesus, like 11 to 8. You know, yeah. she's rated 143. Like, she's so wrong at the weights here. Look, and Willie, though, clearly has a very high opinion of her. She was kind of getting the hang of things at the back end of last season, having looked a bit of a lunatic at times. Um, but terrible price. Let her go win at that. Um, like she's up against you know proper grade one horses, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a back and tapris and charger, uh, and she's just an awful price, you know. I'm fascinated to see how she'll get on, you know. I don't know, 
I, I just think it's an awful price. Uh, guy, sh- what, sure what's that word you keep using? Pri- what is it? Spell price. P R I Z E. Is it? There's a there's a new there's a new column coming on betting It's called Price Dumb, and who's writing it? Price unwise. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how she gets on, how she progresses, etc. But she's she's got like you know twenty pounds to improve to to get near like a honeysuckle, you know. Based on what she's done so far, and um, I, I let her do it at that type of price. You, I, I leave you to it. I wish you the best of luck, but it's oh. an awful price. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Um, what about you, uh, Dan? Like, who's the most likely winner? Forget to just take price out of it for a second. Who, you have to <laughs> for a second, for a lifetime. As, as Tony suffers a heart attack on air. <laughs> who, who, who do you think's the most likely winner of the race? Price, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Kev, actually. I do. I, I can't not consider it through the prism. I'm trying to readjust. I was like a, mo- a robot malcomputing or something. Um, no, I think what? I think she is the... Um, she's a very interesting mare, and she might wind up into a champion hurdle candidate, as some people have been saying, because she was so progressive when they rode differently last season. But no, she she wouldn't be for me at those odds either. I think it's a nasty race. It's a nasty race, because you it just... Is. You're guessing on readiness and targets for so many of them. Right. Have you any opinion, TC, briefly before we talk the last two? I think Sharjah was just overpriced. Obviously, he won the race in 2018, but had a run then. One first time out last year, but you know, underperformed first time out in this in 2019. But on pure ability, you know, he shouldn't be that kind of price, should he? Uh, yeah, no. Seven to two, fours. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, four to one, I think. Um, right. The Florida Pearl novice. Um, is uh, novice chase is the next one we're going to talk about. It's twelve thirty on the card, two miles and six here. Dew Cup, uh, Fancy Foundations, Run Wild, Fred. Don't price, prices up at the moment. Six shooters back for more Vanillier and Bally Shannon Rose, who um, I backed with a decent amount of success last season. Maybe she needs the three miles. Um, right, have you an opinion on this, Kev? Or who do you like? Not a big one, not the best grade two you'll ever see now. Um, at, at the likes of Punchestown, six shooters seem to take the chases really well last time, but you know, he'll need to be a much better chaser than her there, which he could be. Um, to, to be getting involved in the likes of this run wild Fred is kind of my long term fancy for the Grand National, so I'll be watching him closely. And um, and Vanillier, look, needs to improve. We know how good he was as a hurdler, but um, the chasing debut was kind of just okay. So you'd like to see a good step forward from him. Um, so interesting race without being electric would be my view. Okay. Either of you two have an opinion on this before we move on? No? no. Not really. I did enjoy watching back Vanillier's finishing effort in the in the spa hurdle last season, though, okay. where it actually accelerated up the running and went about seven lengths further. That was, that was the most unbelievable performance <laughs> really I've was. ever seen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Rocket. Okay, last one is the Mayor's Hurdle, guys. So tell me something, girl, obviously, oh, after yes. um, exploits last time out um, and very popular among us last year, winner of um, the Mayor's of Cheltenham um, for Rachel and Henry. You've got Gal Wiles as well, who I liked for <laughs> last year. Again, no prizes. Western Victory, Dicer Diamond, Heaven Help Us, No Memory, Royal Kahala, and so on. Um, tell me something, girl. The most likely winner, Kev, you can pick it up. I, I'd say so. Um, look, another Cheltenham winner and heaven help us um, against her. And, and heaven help us might well help tell me something, girl, because it, you'd be slightly fearful with telling me something, girl, that um, the type that she is, I, I'd say she'll always be best with plenty of pace in front of her. You know, like Rachel, the ride she gave her at Cheltenham really was a thing of beauty. Um, got her really well settled. And look, heaven help us will hopefully go a right gallop. Um, and help tell me something girls settle I think this will be much more like her trip and they tried her three miles at Punchestown and for me I don't think she got home I, I didn't fancy her to get home and I don't think she did 
Um, so she's been, you know, she's going to be a mayor's hurdle type for later in the season. And this is a nice starting point. She has a penalty to carry, um, but I'd be hopeful she go well. Okay, good stuff. Gents, we'll wrap it up there because we are over time on our allocation as we give to ourselves. So all that's left is your uh, naps for the weekend. Um, right, um, Kev, you're still flying away. So um, I'm going to start us off here. I'm going to go with Lawler in the uh, Paddy Power. I, I think um, at the price win only, I think six to one at the time recording. And everything that uh, Dan said just backed up what I had hoped one of you might say. So Lawler for me in the Paddy Power. TC, your good self. On a quiet punting weekend for me, I'm going to play it safe and Prashima. Prashima, okay, five to two at the time of recording. Daniel, yourself. I was going to go head to head and we sporting John, but the more I look at it, the more I get towards that Sunday card at Fontwell, I think the natural history five to two will be a will be a gift. I'll, I'll probably the BSP for me and my return might be even money. I don't know. I honestly think this horse could shorten significantly, so I'll go with him. Well, what's important is that you tipped it up here at the price of five to two, even if Barry Orr won't give it to you on the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Blake, uh, plus 170 miles ahead, laughing at us uh, as he takes his shirt off in the sunlight. What are you tipping up as your nap, please? Well, sure, look, you uh, basically, when you look at that table, I effectively have my foot on your collective throats and like yeah. a, merc- <laughs> a, a merciful man would maybe ease up a bit or play it a bit safer, just apply a little bit of pressure. With no you, <laughs> I'm going to squeeze the life out of you. I'm going to go for Jesse Evans' winning place in the great one. Yeah, Jesse Evans, good stuff. Win a place for Kev. Bet for any day can be a big deal, so boost your odds on three horses any day with my odds boost. Daily rewards, terms and conditions apply. Check the website for details. We're back with Wade in on Monday when we have a brand new guest. I know you're all very excited to learn who that will be. We'll reveal it on Monday. Gents, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the racing. Is it Nicky Henderson? <laughs> it's Thank not you. Nicky Henderson. <laughs> it's not Nicky Henderson. Good luck. Martin Dwyer. <laughs> <laughs>